What up, what up, what up, everybody? This is Darian Hunt from Live Life Fearless. Welcome back to another episode of The Fearless Show. Today's date is April 5th, 2018. Uh, with me, as always, is my co-host, Mr. Dries Walker. Say what up to everybody. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to The Fearless Show. I am artist D. Walker. We got, as usual, our co-host, Shannon. Shay, what's up to everybody? What's up? Hi everybody. Does that make me like a like a regular person now? She is. is I think you're a, she's a regular. Like, I mean, you're regular at this point. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. regular now. You like you like yeah. You're the co-host. You, cool. You, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. But um, speaking of the co-host, she uh reached out and uh brought a guest with us introduce yourself hello everyone my name is mihai i'm a 24 year old photographer and musician from sacramento area thank you guys for having me on your show so definitely a little nervous but it's thanks okay. for coming through man yeah uh, no. don't be nervous yeah, no worries i'll loosen <laughs> up yeah, once i start to... talking yeah there you go <laughs> for the second week in a row shannon brought somebody else you know so Shout out to Shannon. I did. Yeah. So, I would say you're regular for sure now. You know, you're you're bringing in the guests, so can't complain. <laughs> yes. That's exciting. We actually but, uh, know each other, too, Casey and I. Yeah, how I do you guys know each other? What's that? Oh. How do you guys know each other? So, Casey... The two of us? Yes. Or them two? The two oh, the two of us? Or Ka- um, you and Casey and all oh, three you, of you. you. How about go, all three you of you? You go first. All three of us went to yeah. high school together. Um, I saw when Shannon posted, she shared the link with yeah. uh, Casey's podcast, and well, well. I had to check it out immediately. Cause, uh, so Casey and I actually even worked together for a short amount of time. When She's from this area, but she goes to school in Chico. So when she was home mm-hmm. uh, for the summer, she had a part-time job working in the same place as I do at a coffee shop called Dutch Brothers. And so mm-hmm. that was kind of a trip. It was like, oh, small world. I haven't seen you since we got out of high school. Now we work together. <laughs> so yeah, and I knew she drew and all that. So when I saw the, I'd been keeping up with your guys's. Like I saw Shannon sharing all the posts for the Fearless Show, and I saw like that she got on. And then when I saw the podcast with Casey, I was like, oh, this is cool. This is making making connections. Yeah, uh, you forgot to put the yeah. word obnoxiously because I, all I do on my social media now is <laughs> shamelessly promote myself. I love so. it. Keep hey, oh, keep hi. shameless plug. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm, hey, you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, good for you, because I do not yet know how to do that. I am man. It's the life of a creator, though. You gotta, you know. Yeah, at this point, you kind of have to. You kind of have to. You kind of have to do that nowadays on every social media platform to kind of cut through the noise and kind of get yourself out there. Now, I used to feel really but bad you- when Instagram before they changed the way you see posts on instagram i used to yeah. feel so bad because i would post six seven mm. times a day eight times a day so right know, but now you only see the relevant posts so if i post i post 10 photos in one day it's only the one that gets the most likes that's going to show up so i don't feel so bad if i do decide yeah. to blow up my instagram feed and i kind of do with how i i, I uh, post my photos on there so I yeah do yeah it. i do it as a mosaic so anytime i post a photo i'm really posting six or nine yeah, so right. how does that, I mean, 
I've always wondered about the mosaic posting on Instagram. So like you're posting six at a time. So when it comes on the timeline feed, especially now when it comes on the timeline feed, this like comes off definitely unordered. So Yeah, that's right. Um that I thought always thought that that would be interesting to people. Like if if they are scrolling through and they see, wait, what's this? This photo kind of looks the same as, oh, wait, what's going on here? Yeah. And then that kind of mm-hmm. spurs that curiosity to go check out my page. Yeah. And then they right. see the whole thing. Um, I uh, mm-hmm. the reason why I started doing that in the first place was because I I would I would find myself often looking at my photos. I would zoom in, and I'd yeah, find true. specific parts of my photos where I'm like, I really like that detail in there. Right. Post it on Instagram not everyone's going to zoom in, not everyone's going to see that part of it. So um, and mm-hmm. I had seen other photographers do this. There's one photographer named uh, Patrick Joust, who's actually from Oroville, California originally, which is an hour from here. Mm-hmm. Um, he posts all of his photos <clears throat> like that. He posts them as a mosaic, and he actually does a really, really good job on his Instagram at making everything look aesthetic and cohesive. And um, so yeah. I was really inspired by how his photos looked. And I'm like, I'm going to try this out with my photos and see if it makes a difference. And um, yeah, I, I love the way it looks now. It just like it looks way cooler on my Instagram than just regular photos. Although yeah, the guy that like does the... it, the Patrick Joust guy, he, um, he uses a gigantic camera. He's got a medium format camera, which is just, I mean, you oh, get yeah. so much detail out of those photos. You could... You could blow them up to the size right. of a building, and you probably wouldn't lose any detail. Hmm. Yeah, I remember it starting on. Sounds like an expensive maybe piece of that, equipment. Like, though. People started doing like, <laughs> posting, maybe I don't know, maybe three, four years ago. And now I mm-hmm. definitely see it being more used by by photographers and specifically photographers and kind of showing off their work on a greater scale. Exactly. Yeah, no. I've been scrolling through on your page, too. It's, like, really cool because there's, like, that one shot with uh, what looks like a dragonfly kind of yeah, close-up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, so that's really cool that it's, like, it's like a close-up shot like you were just describing, but then, like, you go to your page and then you see it's part of a, a larger photograph. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, like I, I love the way that one turned out because when you look at it, it almost looks like the dragonfly is, like, 3D, like, sticking out a little bit at you. And yeah. I, I didn't even notice that while I was posting it. When I actually had it posted and I went back and looked at the whole thing, I was like, this is better than I expected it to be. I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. The focus That's a good... is great on it. Yeah, it's great. Oh, thank that was a great you. shot. I was, that, that definitely stood out to me, too. That was That's actually a pretty old photo. So um, I've been in this mm. kind of a phase where I've just been going back and uh, picking out old photos that I never really used. Um, the last year and yeah. a half, I haven't photographed as much as i've edited because i already have Mm -hmm. tens of thousands of photos um i've i don't do this as much anymore but i had a tendency of uh, just kind of spraying when i shot i would just click 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 and take as many photos as i could i would end up with from one session i would have like 400 photos sometimes a thousand depending on who i was photographing with and then you know you go back and you look at you upload those and then it's like, oh my god, I don't want to sit here. Yeah, you got to go through a thousand of them. <laughs> so a lot oh, of them, I feel you. Just, you just sat there for, for years, and I kind of like that though because um, I've, I've ran into this a lot where I'll take photos and then I go and look at them immediately after I take them later that day, and I'm like, I don't like this. I, these didn't turn out as good as I thought they did. And then I come right. back six months later or a couple of months later, and I look at them and I'm like, 
okay, I love this now. Like now that I've given it some time, mm-hmm. um, I don't know why it works. It works like that, but it happens to me all the time. I mean, yeah. same with the same with me. Like whenever I design something, like I pretty much don't throw away or delete almost anything. So like when I do something and maybe I don't like it like at that moment, but then I'll think of something and I'll look back at it and I'll look at it in a completely different way or I'll think about doing it and like tweaking it in a different way and it just kind of grows on you over time or mm-hmm. you just see it look like definitely from a different perspective over time than you normally would like when you first do it. Because there's a lot of that times where like you do something like, nah, I'm not, I don't feel this at all. And then uh, later on, it's like, okay, well, maybe I did have something. Got to give us some some time to marinate. Yeah, give that space. There. I've uh, I've had some some issues in the past with friends because we'd be hanging out and I would take photos, and I, I just love to take photos. I'm like, if I have my camera around me, it doesn't matter who's around me. I'm gonna photograph whatever I find interesting. But mm-hmm. you know, I would be with friends, and then they'd be like, "Oh, you're gonna send me those photos, right? Like, I, oh, you made me look cool. Like, I'm gonna get those." Back. Oh yeah. And it's like yeah, right. yeah. I'll, I'll get you those. Um, I can't wait to see him, you know. <laughs> it's like it's hard for me to let go of a photo if I don't really have a, some sort of emotional connection to it. And I know that's right. like the complete opposite of what a like a, a business practicing photographer would do. Um but I guess I'm you know You're an I'm artist, man. Well yeah, I'm not that kind of photographer. I mean a, your friends just want that 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 Instagram selfie anyways. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. they just they want those likes it's gonna go on the gram video you know that's all they want i don't mind as long as they give me credit so what has been like your experience as like being a photographer and social media these days Hmm. so so so, so, i made my instagram so yeah i've had instagram now for six years um it's definitely been a dynamic relationship with instagram like from what it was when I started doing it to how I feel about it now. Um, I've kind of come full circle in a way now. Um, Several years ago, I kind of hated it and I didn't want to post on Instagram at all. Um, When I first started using Instagram, I was in love with it. It was, um, it was something I became obsessed with just because it was, finally a place where I could upload my photos. At that point, I had been photographing and taking taking photos, doing photography. I had taken photography classes in high school. I'd been doing it for a long time. I just didn't have a medium to really share my photographs. I would post some things on Facebook here and there, and I had like yeah. an album on my Facebook with my photography. Uh, none of it was edited. It was just all completely straight out of the camera. So well, Instagram kind of opened my eyes to photo editing and when I started doing that, I just became obsessed with it, and I did it all the time. That was, like I said earlier, that was uh, back when I was posting nine, ten times a day, um, blowing, blowing up my feed. And um, it actually, it even at one point, it became uh, what kind of kept me at this one job. I, my first job, I worked at J.C. Penney's in the mall, and um, I absolutely hated it. But what I really, really liked doing, and I started doing this uh, like halfway through my time there is I would go out on my 15-minute break and take photos of the architecture in the mall because (laughs) there was a lot of cool, like, steel beams and and windows and light would come in at all sorts of cool angles. It's like when you're in a cool airport, just looking around like, oh, my God, everything looks good under this light. 
So I started doing that on my 15 minute breaks. I'd walk around the mall, take photos of the architecture, and then come back. And then on my 30 minute break, on my lunch break, I would edit all those photos. And I would try within those 30 minutes to edit and post as many as I could because I loved it so much. And I did that for a long time. I did that for, uh, well, I mean, I did that while I worked at JCPenney's, but I continued to take photos and edit them through Instagram (laughs) and post. um, I used to work at JCPenney's too. Until, I don't know what. Really? <laughs> what 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 department? <laughs> Were you what department? Uh, I worked in the men's department. So hey, me too. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You used to have to like check everybody. Like, oh, I don't know my shirt size. You know your yes. dress shirt. So like, yeah, and you had to pull out the tape measure and wrap it around. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm dude. I had to do that. I, oh man, Friday yeah. mornings at my JCPenney, <laughs> it was like senior day. For some reason, oh, all the man. senior citizens would show up on Friday mornings. Oh, oh God. that's crazy! They would return. I worked at. <laughs> What's up? That was such a weird time. That was like my first job. I think actually it was J C Penney's. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's great crazy. first job to have. But um, d- yeah. So during that time, I did a lot of uh, cell phone photography. I like took all my photos on my phone and edited them on my phone. And then eventually, I was like, hold on, I have a digital camera. And there are programs for editing digital Mm. photos. I should probably start looking into this. So I made it a goal to save up money and buy buy a camera body and buy Lightroom and Photoshop. Mm -hmm. And I did that. And that was about four years ago in 2014. I finally got my first camera, which is my own. Up until that, I had been just kind of borrowing my dad's equipment. And (laughs) my dad's kind of the reason I began taking photos in the first place. So finally, I got my own. I got my own gear. I bought a, a Canon, a, a used Canon 5D Mark II body, and um, I nice. found. A, actually, me and my best friend both got the exact same camera at the exact same time because I found a guy selling two of the same bodies on Craigslist. He was selling one that was a little bit older mm-hmm. with uh, less clicks on it, and then another one that was newer but with more clicks on it, and. I contacted him and I was like, "Hey man, if I buy both of those, will you like give cut me a deal?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure." Right. So nice. I had immediately called my friend and I'm like, "Dude, I found two cameras. They're the same. This is perfect. You and I can like photograph all the time together. Like, let's go buy right. these tomorrow." And so we did. Yeah. We went and got the cameras. And um, so once I did that, that was also like another kind of spur of wanting to post on Instagram all the time because now mm. I had. Like now it went from photos on my cell phone that I was taking to like really high quality, like 24 megapixel photos taken on a full frame camera. I was like, this is awesome. Um, mm-hmm. But um, it's definitely, I mean, I've never had any sort of opportunities come up from social media. Mm-hmm. Like I've never, yeah. no one's ever like reached out to me and been like, oh my God, I like your work. Like, would you like to do this? Or would you like to, mm-hmm. you know, pay you for this? Um the only kind of thing like that that's happened has been from people who actually know me in real life. And they're like, hey, do you want to photograph my cousin's baby shower? Or like some <laughs> shit like that. Like, you might not be using the right hashtags. You know, you know, you got to do that I, nowadays. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. You know, I tried the hashtag thing for a while, man, and I felt so obnoxious doing it. It is. <laughs> I, you know what? I was just talking about that, too, and how weird it was. But it's not weird anymore. Like, that, at first, saying all this stuff. And, like, stuff that you wouldn't even say normally, but you know it's a good hashtag to tag on that photo. Yeah. 
It's like, it's annoying, but then you think about it, and, like, I, I tried this the other day, honestly, with, like, a, a, a drawing that I did, and um, I put Christian art on it, like, hashtag Christian art, because it had a cross, <laughs> and, and low-key, somebody sent me a message, like, oh, I'm in the process of looking for Christian art to, like, blah, 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 hit, like, you know, like, ask me about it, and I was like, what? And I was like, a, a tag I would never hashtag, but, like, I put it on, and then somebody was like, hey, and so it was just, like, if you think about tags that you wouldn't really use, but it would work still for the photograph, you might get, like, looks for it. What, yeah, what, did, what did you say? What'd you say to this guy? <laughs> well, I mean, well, it was this woman actually? She's apparently like organizing. She's like organizing some sort of online uh, gallery slash store that's like for uh, a children's organization. So um, I, I haven't really gone back and forth yet because this was like a day or two ago. Okay. <laughs> so like, I was just like, oh, art. thanks. Yeah, I was just like, thanks. All you do is, like, I just start with a thank you and then promptly ask, like, oh, tell me more about this thing you were talking about and then see what they say after that. They usually give you a little bit more information, and if you're still interested, it could probably go to email or a different platform than the DMs, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, or DMs on a different platform. Facebook sometimes is easier. The messages. I, I used hashtags on certain photos for contests. Because I would follow other mm. photography um, photography um, pages on Instagram. Yeah. And anytime they would do certain contests, it'd be like, use this hashtag. So I would go back and I would hashtag all the photos that I thought were fitting for that contest. I would throw hashtags on them. And what I did at one point, too, is I would, like, I would post a photo with some sort of caption. And then I would comment underneath that a bunch of hashtags. So that way you don't see just see, the see, hashtags right. off the mm. bat. Because right. I always had this yeah. kind of shameful feeling about just writing all these hashtags, out. and I know it should, you know. How I it just is. give like, it a good space. You know, we're just, me. just a, just a space between. I'll give use the hashtags. Sometimes I use hashtags I want, like in a sentence, so I don't have to mm -hmm. reuse the same words. So that'll just be the first part, and then I'll like paragraph it so there's like a good space there, and then I'll just blurb like all the hashtags are here so then they don't have to read that part then just read this part at the top and then like if that looks weird you can skip it like i mean this guy is pretty much the norm nowadays so i don't think you don't have to be too shameful i remember when first instagram was first time people started doing it it was like oh what are you doing like but now it's you know it's business now like you have to almost yeah. you gotta to be obnoxious shot. in people's face nowadays to kind of cut through everything I think if I oh, yeah. uh, definitely hashtag your name too on certain things, because uh, it'll build a portfolio online. Yeah, of, nice. oh, yeah. just For your sure. name. Yeah, so that That's hashtags it. are good because you because people can just hashtag your name on like Google or something, and all those things that you've hashtagged your name with would probably come up. Smart. <laughs> Make it like my handle. I kind of, I kind of get what you're saying though because like I'm not a photographer or anything obviously if you've seen my instagram but um i don't know just like for me using hashtags just in general you feel like you're especially with your art on your instagram like you feel like you're muddying something like pure like yes. you don't want to like mess it up with like you feel like right. you're selling yourself out exactly and you don't want to like make it a commercial thing you want it to be make what it, it is messy. but but at the same time you want people to see it so like it's it's a it's a hard. You're in a. Right. What's that saying? 
Rock and Hard Place. Between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. That one. So, yeah, I see where you're coming from, though. True. I'm, um, I'm actually at a pretty interesting crossroad right now, just in general life with not just photography, but I also play music and any content mm-hmm. that I create. I'm, I'm at that point where I'm trying to figure out, is this something that I want to do for money and for other people? Or is this something that's just mm-hmm. purely special to me? Mm-hmm. almost you know not quite a hobby because i feel like using the word hobby underplays it like it's got a way more profound meaning to me than just hobby it's almost like right. therapeutic like if i don't if i go a period of time without creating any sort of music or creating any sort of photographs i just start to feel like mm-hmm. i'm not doing what i'm supposed to be doing like what i'm here to oh, do i feel like that too if I haven't drawn something or, like, done any kind of art creating, like, probably after a week or two, I'll be, like, start, I'll start feeling it and be, like, oh, I don't feel good, like, you know? Yeah, like, like mentally, I won't time. feel strong. Yeah. Like, what am I doing? I should be making something, you know? It's also, um, I kind of lost my train of thought, but, um, I guess what I was trying to say with it is that, um, with stuff like that the best moments that i have are always when no one's around like some of the best moments Mm -hmm. that i have with photography or with music or any sort of content creating thing there's just just me and it happens and in that moment it's it makes me feel a certain way and it reminds me like this is why i started doing this this is why i love doing this this is why it's special to me and that's why i'm like kind of at a conflict like is this something that i really want to make money off of or something that i want to be like Mm self-promoting and like pushing onto people like if it's just meaningful to me and it's what i love at the end of the day that's all that matters but you know you got to make a living somehow (laughs) yeah i mean that's the isn't it like the age-old question with creators and stuff is just that that conflict between being commercial but then still staying, staying true to like why you started doing it or why you're doing it in the first place mm-hmm. because then they say you still got to pay the bills and like you still it's nice to make money doing like what you love to do anyway so you can still keep doing what you're doing but then you don't want to like lose the purpose of what you're doing by chasing making money from it exactly so. Like when you sit down and you're doing something like, oh, I have to do this because I have to get paid or I got to get these photos edited because this person mm-hmm. wants to pay me for it. It's just not the same as when you're right. doing it uh, passion driven. You know, that was so true. That's why I stopped doing commissions. Like people would always ask me to draw like a portrait of some family member or something, you know, <laughs> like, oh, can you draw or my dog? Like, can you draw my my sister's pet or, you know, something like that? But uh i just i just couldn't do it anymore i was like nah even though i was making like i could you know make some money when i was really poor when i was really poor i would just like offer like 35 50 dollar (laughs) portraits just to like slave over it but i would hate it every second of it 35 portraits yeah, well, like, if I needed a plane ticket to go somewhere, I would just, I would just, I post online, <laughs> I would use, I'd use the, the social media and be like, hey guys, um, I got this many slots open, like, who, who wants a drawing, and then I would say, like, how much, and what size, and then basically people would hit me up for the, the size and the price, and send me the picture, 
And then I would just sweatshop it and get paid for like two weeks of work. And then like I could go where I needed to go. How long would it it even take to bust out 35 portraits? I mean, I can um, like hardly draw a stick figure, man. Like I just. Well, the problem with that is it's a style of drawing that I hate doing. So it's just like because it's not coming from me like in this like. Oh, it has to be my style. People have to remember me for it. Nobody has to know who the artist is. They just want a good drawing of, yeah. like, you know. Their <laughs> so, like, it's, it's, it's not about me. Yeah, it's, it's about a drawing and, the, you know, like, whoever they want it of. So, with those, I just do a grid. I just make a grid drawing. And then, so, basically, it's just a, a classical, you know, I just quick outline lightly. And then I know where all the composition is, the eyes and stuff. And then shading and you know so i can probably do a portrait like when i do those 11 by 14 ish in like three hours or four hours so if i had a few days you know if i had like two weeks you know i could probably knock it out now you get your bob ross on i feel you yeah man you just you just when you know how to put the puzzle together already you just put yeah you can just fill in the pieces you're just like well it's a lot of pieces but i know where they go so you just put them together real fast I mean, it's like the same thing that we go through, just like as, like, as our, our brand and stuff. So, like, we write a lot of content, we create like a lot of original content, but then obviously at some point, you have to start bringing in, you know, money and stuff. So, like, so we're going through a thing where we're starting to do like more branded and sponsored stuff, but like while I don't like doing that stuff, and I and I'm like avoid doing like the Google advertising and stuff like on our, our website and stuff because that looks cheesy and terrible so I don't like doing that but doing the sponsored and like branded stuff it's like a necessary thing so that we can do the bigger stuff that we want to do and like mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so you can just so like even though you don't like doing it but then it's for a purpose still it's so you can really do what you want to do like the more creative aspects so like I hate True. doing they're branded and the sponsored posts and all that, but it's like a necessary thing, especially if you don't want to just sell out and just start posting like advertising all over your website and stuff like that. Like that's just so it's like it's a it's something that every like content creator goes through and like no matter what form they're in, if they want to keep putting out like content, basically. I uh, took a first step, I guess, several, about six weeks ago. I decided to make a second Instagram because. I've been using the the same Instagram since I started. And at one point, it kind of was a place where I was posting my photographs, like my art. Mm-hmm. But I was also posting things that I was doing in my life, like, you know, random things or little videos or photos of my cats looking cute or something like that. And then I finally came to the conclusion. I'm like, OK, if I'm going to push this, like if I'm going to go forward as a photographer and this is my photography account, I should probably separate the two and make like mm-hmm. a personal Instagram account where I can post photos of my food or you know the things that people post about yeah. nowadays because that's what instagram has become it is no longer just for photographers posting their artwork it's uh memes. for everyone to post yeah memes and videos and and all sorts of things so it's it's definitely it's, it's kind of an oversaturated place mm-hmm. for photography i know you asked me earlier yeah. like what my journey has been with the with social media yeah, because I remember, like, Instagram when first started, it was, like, a great place for, like, especially photographers specifically mm-hmm. to get their, like, pictures and photos out there, and, like, in a really nice way and then with the filters and everything. But then, obviously, 
like you said, as it becomes more popular, everybody kind of jumps on and then kind of it's harder to get kind of loses its meaning when it's so much out there at the same time. So that was something I was um, kind of upset and resentful for, for a little while. I got into this headspace where I was like, why am I bothering posting these things? Why am I sharing my content and getting <laughs> 15 likes a photo? But then, you know, this other person who's just posting photos of their, I don't know, their parties, their whatever, their fraternity parties or their swimsuit parties, <laughs> or like they're them working out and they're getting like 3,000 likes. And I'm like, ah, oh, it was very defeating. But then I had to like calm yeah. myself down and remember like, dude, it's not about the likes. It's not, yeah, it's not. Doing it. Yeah, I mean, if you get involved in that, there's like dog, there's accounts for like dogs and cats specifically that have their own accounts that have like millions of followers. So it's like you can't compete with that. I have a couple friends out here who whose pets have their own Instagram pages. Yeah, own Instagram pages, bringing in millions. I have three cats and one dog. I love taking. (laughs) Maybe I should do that. Maybe that'll be my. uh, You could. I could use that as in, in, in the same way, like some rappers will use mumble rap to break through the noise, and then they show off yeah. how talented they actually are. I'll yeah, change. they're like, "Oh, but I do this too," and they're like, "Oh, I didn't know you could do that." Like, exactly. <laughs> Maybe that's not a I bad mean, idea. You, it's crazy nowadays because, like you said, like there's dogs and cat accounts specifically, and like they sell merchandise and make so much money off of it. It's <laughs> insane. Um, my yeah, boyfriend's like, sister's bunny's Instagram account has more followers than her Instagram yeah, account. It's, it's, I think that says a lot. Her bunny? Yeah, my boyfriend's sister has a bunny and that has its own Instagram account and it has more followers than her personal Instagram account. Better be a cute-ass bunny. I don't care. By a lot. (laughs) Really? Oh, that makes me interested. I kind of want to look at my friend's Instagram and see what hers looks like because one of my friends has a peacock and... uh, that peacock has its own Instagram page, so I wonder who's got oh more followers. <laughs> it's like it's crazy, now, especially not Instagram. Like you know, if you Shout click out on to one picture, if you click on one Wait, picture of a dog, the there's like a continuous. Oh, Dexter the peacock. Dexter the peacock. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's kind yeah. of Shout out Ventico's the owner. I'm about to look at it right now. Hold on. Dexter, Dexter the, the peacock. peacock rolls off the tongue nice, so I can see. Why? Yeah. Well, serious question: How does she have a peacock, and why? Um. Yeah. Well, that's a question I'd probably ask her. Um. Maybe in the future on an interview. But actually, <laughs> the reason a, a short answer is that uh, the um, the peacock's partner. So peacock's mate for life. Its partner died, and then the peacock freaked out. So they'd either have to put it like down or like. Somebody had to take it, so like she tried to take it to a different like facility, and then that facility couldn't keep the peacock because he was going crazy oh. because he was sure alone he was and sad, and like they're like, okay, he's not cool with the rest of the peacock. So basically, she um, got him as a uh, emotional. What are those those dogs that you can get like an uh, emotional support animal? So she that's got listen as a support animal. Support yeah. animal. <laughs> And that's he's basically because no no oh. um uh I'm uh, looking right now she's got Dex- it on a leash. Dexter will only stay with her basically he he freaks out every time he goes to a facility yeah mm-hmm. she has it literally yeah, she, has it she on walks a leash. him walking oh around I didn't know oh yeah there she is leash. shout out Ventico 
<laughs> oh yeah, that's her, that, that, yo Dexter be at art shows and shit. <laughs> well, she got like 16k followers, so she got more than us. She, well, she's a I gotta start photographer as well. She's a photographer, um, dope photographer as well out here. Got to get in the meme hey, business. Hey, a peacock is not a dog. A peacock is a peacock. So I can see why it has so many. I'm gonna go follow her right now. So <laughs> there we go. Hell okay, yeah. I think I need to hop on this bandwagon and probably follow yeah, her as well. See, I told you the pet game. <laughs> um, see? One thing I've noticed with uh, all the all the different people now, I mean, everyone is kind of a photographer nowadays, like, or has the ability yeah, to be a photographer. Yeah, because especially the cameras. I mean, phones Exactly. And There's the, the cameras on cell phones now are, really you know, good. in some, some cases, better than entry-level cameras were five years ago. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of opened up the opportunity for everyone to be a photographer. And it's been really interesting to see that, like how many different styles there can be. I mean, just depending on where you live and what you're surrounded by, what your environment is, it kind of ends up dictating what your content will be. And um, there's a lot. There was at least several years ago, there was a big kind of a big fad with um like big city photography, like yeah. things like kids climbing on the cranes and climbing on rooftops and doing crazy ass sh- reckless shit, like where you could die all to get that shot. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like fine art by any means, but it's definitely there. There was so much of it. And so, and so much content like that being put out where it's mm. inevitable for it. Like, um, photography to just push forward like to, to go forward it's definitely like with the influx of all these people becoming photographers you know mm. over a long enough timeline some of some of those people the ones that actually are into it will stick with it and will become really mm. good at it and it's just going to i mean i think it's pushing photography as a whole forward so yeah. fast so fast just in the last like you know 10 uh, eight however long instagram's been around i think it launched in 2010 or 2011 just in the last mm-hmm. eight years, how much things have moved forward with photography. And now, I mean, it's gone from like, you used to see gadgets and things for your camera. And now they have gadgets for your it's phone camera, phone. Like, <laughs> like lenses yeah. and tripods and all these little things. They have stuff. You can make feature films with your with your phones now. Yeah, they do. Uh, <laughs> Unsane was the last uh, movie that just came out. They, did, they shot everything on the iPhone. Mm-hmm. Wait, That's are true. you serious? Yeah. It came out like, of theaters like, and everything. Yeah. <laughs> entirely I shot. I've that movie. Entirely shot with like one of those gimbals so that it stabilizes and just mm. an iPhone. Regular That's iPhone. Mind blowing. Feature length like, film. <laughs> so, like, are you happy that you think it's like, you think it's good, like, that's expanding the field so much? Or do you think that because there's so much, it kind of can devalue, like, what the truly great stuff is? Um, both of, I, I, I see both sides of it. I see, um, I've definitely gone from being kind of upset by that initial way for oversaturation sure. of photographers and content to now kind of, you know, it's almost like, are you a pessimist or you're an optimist? So I'm trying to be mm-hmm. optimistic about it and just think that, you know, this will end up be benefit, like being beneficial towards photography as an art form over the next yeah. 15, 20 years. Because um, 
I think of it like I would try to imagine like, I don't know, some like a little kid, in the like an inner city kid. And he sees these older kids around him taking photos and doing stuff like that. And he's like, wow, I want to do that. And then he gets into photography. Say this first exposure to photography is this kind of intense, you know, going out, climbing rooftops or going into crazy, exploring urban places that are dilapidated. And that's kind of what your exposure is to photography. Like, I can only imagine what that photographer will be like in 10 15 years when they've actually spent the time doing stuff like that they will be amazing their content will be totally mm. different than what's happening now and um right. i've seen that i mean there was one guy i followed um he went by noves at one point his name's ryan perilla he's a photographer from new york city but uh i remember him several years ago when he kind of you know broke through all the noise and started becoming relevant um they were basically calling him a prodigy mm. he was a 16 year old prodigy and lo and behold, his environment is New York mm. City. And th that's what he does. He finds rooftops in New York City and he posts up before sunrise and takes these amazing photos of New York City from angles and perspectives yeah. that you don't normally get to see the city from. And that's like, this kid's been doing photography for mm. not that long. He's fairly new to it compared to some professionals. And it's incredible right. to see that because of where he started and because of what is out at the time that he's getting into it and what he's being influenced by it's mm -hmm. his content is so different than other people and i i consider it what's his name i want to look him up real quick ryan perilla is i think his photos are almost like on the verge of visionary there's layers to his photos there's a lot of stuff where he's photographing reflections through windows and you can see a reflection and then you can see through the window too and it's almost like like textured like you're looking at five different photos in one i believe he just goes by ryan perilla on instagram mm -hmm. now uh, but it used to be his name used to be no best oh, okay. on there i mean he's gotta mm. start kids out this young and exposing him to like photography and pictures and just film and everything like it has to have an impact on like how kids are developing their eye you know at exactly. such a young age for sure because you're so exposed to it now versus you'd have to like, when I was coming up, you'd have to specifically go to, like, mm -hmm. oh, if I want to do movies, like, I got to go to, like, a class to, like, kind of learn mm -hmm. about that stuff. But now you see it, like, every day with GoPros and, like, the camera phones and everything. Now it's, like, it has to have an impact on, like, how kids are developing their eyes so much earlier and just looking at things, like, differently than they would have back in the day when they were that same age, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, I, I compare, I mean, like I said, I'm also into music, so I, I look at that same kind of thing going on in music where now music production is a lot more accessible to anyone. I mean, 15, 20 years ago, if you wanted to make a single, make a record, do anything, you'd have to go to a producer, right. go into a studio. But now because home recording has gotten so good, anyone can be yeah. a recording artist from home. And in the same way, there are teenage kids who are picking up the guitar or getting into music with these advanced tools that years ago were only available to professionals they will eventually, as they get older and, and become masters at this, you know, once they put in their 10,000 hours, they're going to be incredible. Their content's going to be like beyond what I or other people, you know, who are older ever be able to create. I'm excited. I mean, if I live long enough, I'm excited to see that kind of stuff. Like, where yeah, people don't, I don't, people don't think about like art and creators and creation, like in terms of like mm. with sports. So like with sports, like I'm an athlete, like, 
it's always like the next generation. Like they always take things so much farther than like mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. we did and like what they're doing at like a young age compared to what we were doing at the age. Like it just seems so much crazier that they can do all this stuff and that they're doing all this now just because that knowledge and stuff is just passed down and they learn so much, and especially now with everything ever done is like online. So like you can see and you can learn from this, <laughs> like when you're really, really young now. So it's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely have to thank YouTube for a lot of what I learned about photography and music <laughs> in general. It's taught me many things. Oh, yeah. yeah. Anything you need to know, just quick YouTube search. I actually found out recently that there's right. more content on YouTube like than there is an, on all of Google, but I don't know how that would make sense. Somebody was trying to tell me that. Like, the amount of information that exists on in YouTube and, like, all the content mm-hmm. on YouTube outweighs, like, all of Google. Which sounds kind of like, at first, it's like, I don't know about that. But then when you think about it, like, videos, videos are, it's a lot of information in a video. It could be bandwidth. Yeah, it could be, like, I don't know. I mean, does that mean, like, information, like, like, gigabytes? Like, I think that's what they were trying to refer to. I mean, that's, like, all that would make, that's, that would only make sense. Because if, if it's just text-based, I mean, there's a ton of information on the web, whether you think it's, like, good or not. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> there's, like, a ton of that shit out there, so... I don't know. It's weird because you, all you have to do is look at Facebook and see all these fake like blogs and stuff that are out there <laughs> posting just like all these I actually, posts uh, every day. This this may go against the whole self promoting thing we were talking about, but I had to deactivate my Facebook the other day. <laughs> oh yeah, okay, yeah. I, I had to do it. <laughs> I never used it, and then whenever I did log on, I just kept seeing things that I didn't want to see. And my best friend Mitchell Martin, he recently tried to delete his Facebook, and uh, he had some pretty, he had some complications with it. Like, even though he deactivated his account, they kept like sending him text mm-hmm. messages and doing all this shady shit. And then he like, oh really? Yeah, it, he said it was basically like he felt like so infringed upon like uh, his privacy because they oh, have there all is no privacy on Facebook. They have all of that. So even it's even, um, like, what's that? No, go ahead. Oh no, I was just saying that. It, even in trying to get rid of it and trying to walk away from Facebook and delete it, they were still just like, are you sure? Are you sure? Sending him text messages, sending him all these things. So I was like, yeah. Come definitely. back to us. Yeah, right? Like, That's come great. back to us. Like, <laughs> no, okay. My precious. Like, <laughs> well, I, I never love. logged on to begin with. I never talked to anyone. I figure if anybody, you know, if anyone wants to get with me, find me on Instagram. I, I would love to delete my Facebook, but you know, my grandma just discovered it for the first time. And like, she, like, <laughs> and I, like, yeah, all the pictures. Yeah, my and mom stuff, just started the page. Stuff. Like, <laughs> you know, they yeah, love like, comments like, on how she can keep up. And, They're like, oh, I can see your pictures now. Oh my like, God. <laughs> <laughs> so they just now get on the wave, and then like. And then, you know, self-promotion again is so like we promote all our page stuff on there. And like I, we get I get so much traffic from Facebook to our website that it's like, well, I can't. I'm stuck in the cycle now. Like they got me. So it's like I would uh, I'd be open minded to re- like creating a like an artist page like Facebook, like just simply for photography. But like as far as just having a Facebook where I can just check on for personal stuff. Yeah, it's definitely doing. not that. Anymore. It, man. It's toxic. It's really toxic. Something new, you know. Like MySpace had its run, and then Facebook had its run. Like, what's next? Some, some, something new needs to come along that get people interested again. Because I feel like there's yeah. a hashtag the collective. Take- We've got some what ideas. Is it? <laughs> nah, but uh, yeah, definitely. Like, it's Facebook is definitely like toxic at this point. 
I when you agree. go on there, you don't even like when you first get on there. It's like when first was coming out, it was cool. You know, you get to see what friends are posting, like all of that, and like. But now it's you don't even see what they're posting. You just see like re reshared videos and reshared posts, like articles, fake articles, and just so much arguing on there. It's ridiculous. Like, yeah, I, wish I just I could found out at this point. right before I deleted it. I found out too that you can go into settings and like uh, where it where it has all the like. Um, information about ads like it has you categorized based on what you click and it had me categorized categorized as a liberal and so <laughs> yeah like, me too so it was like sending uh, really? like liberal ads and stuff like that and i like had to click on that and just like click like it was I, it was like liberal conservative and like something else I, it was like no option I, can, I think i clicked the no like don't label me as anything like forget this and then i'm like okay if i'm already here in these settings doing all the shit i might as well just delete it yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of it. It's like Facebook is like lit, like being in a sound uh, echo chamber. Because <laughs> whatever, like you like or whatever, maybe you look at, click on, they're just gonna keep showing you more and more of that. So it just kind of reinforces what you're and already Instagram thinking. Is like that as well. I've noticed yeah. with Instagram, it's not even they're it's not even about what Facebook you life. like anymore. It's about what you click on. Yeah. Like so, I, whatever um, you click I, on, they're just gonna keep showing hmm. you more and more of it. Even though I'm a, a photographer and I love photography, I spend most of the time on Instagram looking at food blogs and food pages. <laughs> I love those, like the tasty page. Like I love those where it's like quick little 45 second mm-hmm. videos of like, you know, 15 minute dinners. Dude, freaking awesome. Like, mm-hmm. that, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that oversaturation. That can happen all as as much as they want i don't have no problem with that yeah um so and and i'm always clicking on those videos and then when i go to my explore page all i get is more food videos <laughs> they're just like oh this guy really, really likes food and i'm okay I mean, with that speaking of facebook they just admitted that they scan all the photos and links sent like through their messenger app mm. oh great <laughs> oh oh the the private messaging app yeah <laughs> and the number of and the number of people affected in that like Cambridge thing just went up to like eighty seven million or something like that started at, like what thirty million they said the people like people's data like how many people's data was breached in like their Cambridge Analytica thing that's been going on so they started out saying it was like thirty million people affected and now it's like eighty seven million people affected good God. Hmm. So it's there's no privacy on Facebook. So I just want to even post anything like that's of any importance on my page for like at least ten years now. So <laughs> it's all just like basketball pictures and just stuff I share from Instagram. So yeah, yeah. If my grandma made an Instagram uh, a Facebook, I would uh I'd, cons- I'd reconsider it. Can't let grandma down, man. Yeah, grandma, my older yeah, uncle, yeah. you know, he got the mom, got his first profile picture on there, and you know, leaving comments. Oh, no. and stuff, so it's like, uh, I guess. I don't know if I anyone else has around. noticed this, but it's uh, my parents are like super into Facebook now. There's almost been like a transition into like the the age group that's like using Facebook. The baby like my parents are always now on now, Facebook like... now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. It's like now they finally feel like, figured out what it's used feel, for and they can't get enough of it. Weird, but I feel like it's they how they the find yet. a lot of their friends, though. 
Yeah, true. If you're an old, yeah, I mean, if you come from that generation where they didn't have cell phones or they they just have to like write down their home phone number and yeah. like your little I notebook. Mean, that's how I or... used it at first too. Well, I had to explain to an aunt like what trolling is because she doesn't like they don't <laughs> see like they don't get this context like we do. Like we've been in this environment for so long that we understand like what not to take so seriously, what to take seriously. Like they don't get that everything they see like right now they're just taking. So yeah, literally, like, oh my and so goodness, seriously, like <laughs> they're like appalled by some of the things they see posted. I'm just like, like, well, this is the internet. Like, you can't, like, this is not a place you're gonna go and see like wholesome stuff, or even like have a have a decent conversation with somebody that you don't know. Like, so like you should probably just stop arguing people yeah. in comments because you're just wasting your time. Like, so it's oh, yeah, for real. the the keyboard going warriors that phase right now. Yeah, it's my well, favorite people thing don't to understand see. that yet, but. Yeah, it's 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 sad how people. Um, it, I think it's totally ruined communication, like how people can just get behind the keyboard on Facebook or on Instagram and just become this like know it all. Like you're sitting there thinking right. of your reply for like ten minutes. Like it's completely <laughs> unlike what real conversation is. You know what I mean? Like you could be some like yeah. you could be like a slow person who's not witty, <laughs> not clever. Like you could be that guy that gets roasted mm. all the time in your group circle. But I mean, in, or like in your circle, in your friend group, but on the internet, you got all the time in the world to think of your reply. You're that guy. Let's be real. If, <laughs> if you really have friends, most of the people that really have friends are not the ones commenting. <laughs> like, oh, they don't yeah. have time to be on there having full blown <laughs> arguments like yeah. for days. Like some arguments, I look at the threads and like they go back for like days. I'm just like, oh you my have god. Time to do this? Under some YouTube videos, I've seen. Stuff, oh, YouTube is and the worst. I'm like, how are people <laughs> the worst. invested? Like they're talking like they're having deep like deep conversations in the comment thread like back and forth and I'm like how are these people I don't even see deep conversations I just see like either really racist or really sexist or just like just stuff that they would never oh, say Oh well, that's the thing you can't even look at a comment section and not expect to see like some racist like random thing just because people do it just to like do it now. It's like a troll. They're just like, ah, here's a here's a thing, and you're just like, ah, okay. So like you just expect it. It's like a contest now, just to that. see who can say like the most horrendous shit on on my. <laughs> Have you ever been in a shit posting page right. or seen one? Because that's literally all those things are. So, yeah, <laughs> a shit posting page, like, like designated for that. Yeah, like Reddit or something. There's just like like my boyfriend's in like a Star Wars specific one, and it's just like all of those people you just mentioned that are slow and aren't witty at all, but they think that they're hot shit, and they spend like their entire day like thinking of what they're going to say when they, like, reply to this other stupid person online. And it's, yeah. ex- it's exactly what it's for, but... <laughs> I mean, it's so yeah. painful to see. To me, seeing that is like watching two people who don't know how to say goodbye to each other in real life. Those That's, like, the worst situation to be in when you have, like, people that are just like, okay, bye, okay, bye, okay, we'll see you next time. Okay, it's like, dude, just end it. Just freaking end it. You can keep replying all day. Or when you're, like, saying... They, they, they start turning, but they, they do a wave again and, like, look over the shoulder. Oh, like, God, it's the right, most well. painful thing ever. It's like, dude, just say goodbye and go on with life. There's nothing worse than that. I mean, that's I that's how I feel sometimes. about those pages. What's I that? click on, like, Instagram pictures and comments sometimes. You know, I'm curious to just see, like, who these people are saying this stuff and then 
Like every time I click on one, I just laugh at the picture of the profile and I'm just like, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> and I just like leave. And uh, just like, I can't even. Like it just seems like somebody that would do it. Like the people that are doing this is just like they have nothing better to do. So it's. I don't it's know. incredible. Do you have a job? Yeah. They're having fun. Incredible the amount of meme pages on Instagram. Oh, and how t- how much of Instagram's <laughs> content is made up of memes. Meme. It's at least seventy percent meme now. At least it's t- it's oh, changing yeah. the way. It, I got a friend who is like the queen of memes. Like <laughs> she just will not stop. That's her daily entertainment. Is the new memes. She make money. <laughs> Because people make no, big money make off memes she now. Just, like, she just, she's getting people clicks, basically. <laughs> she's like, she's the one finding the new hotness and passing it around because she just... No, nah, I mean, like, what do you think? Fuck, like, what's his name? Fuck Jerry? And then, like... Uh, yeah, fuck Jerry. <laughs> beige Guardian. And then, like, how do you think they got money, like, or famous? They literally just took other people's memes and just reposted them. And then, like, people just followed their shit. And then, like... So then now, because you have all these followers and people commenting on it, People, all these companies are paying the money just to keep doing that. So, or to promote, like, do an ad every now and then in between, like, their shit. It's its mm-hmm. own form. Uh, its own form of art memes. Really yeah. is. Yeah, it kind of is. Extent. I mean, some of them are really funny. Some for so, sure. Yeah, it's a it's a form of communication. Yeah. I saw one meme about memes <laughs> that was basically saying that we've come full circle. Like, I mean, the people they used to use hieroglyphics. In the ancient world, or like you know, the pictures instead of words, we're right back to that. We're using memes for communication. <laughs> it's funny how there's there you have those memes that don't even have any text <laughs> in them at all. It's just like a right, it's like a photo it. with yeah. a caption, and you just get it. You know exactly what it's, it's relatable. It's, yeah, it's mm-hmm. definitely interesting. Then that's interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's definitely an interesting like place to be. I can only imagine. I never thought like, they would take fire say, like, 50 like this. Years. So. I can't even imagine. Well, one thing I've, I've you know, <laughs> yeah. kind of tied into the whole social media thing and, and like photography, using uh, photography for social media. I think that this this is just kind of a phase. <laughs> like I think eventually it'll all just blow over. And people have to go back to just talking to each other in person rather than sitting there on their cell phones and, and you know, building these fake <laughs> profiles and accounts that they, you know, you have, like, mm-hmm. your Instagram persona and who you are, and then it's, like, who you are in real life, and it's not even yeah, the same person. Yeah, very different. Yeah. Like, the, the, that will all, it has to blow over. I mean, a lot of, there, there's, there's just as many people who are aware that it's a problem as there are mm-hmm. who are just, like, mindlessly doing it, so I think it's got to give at some point. I mean, the thing is just, it's just the vocal minority. So the majority of people who know it's a problem and who look at this and think like, oh, you're a fucking idiot. Like, I'm not even, they don't comment. They don't say shit like that. It's the people that do have time, have nothing else to do that are commenting and are saying all this like outrageous shit. And it's just, they're doing it so much that it seems like everybody's doing it, but it's really not. Like most people I know don't comment on anything. True. Good point. Yeah, right. I, don't, I don't do it. Try not to. Or we could go full blown uh, Ready Player One, and you know everybody just lives in a virtual, <laughs> virtual world, and like your pers- <laughs> online persona is you. you know? I'm not opposed to that idea as long as uh-huh. I get to create a character that uh, you know I get to pick my because uh, I would definitely make myself like six foot one or six foot two. I'm like five foot seven right now, and 
that's it for me. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not getting any taller. My dad's six foot three. So like my whole life I've just been waiting to get oh. to that height. But no, dude, it's not happening. I got my mom's jeans. My mom's side of the family, they're all like short brown people. Yeah. Like Italian. I don't know what they are, but like they might even be gypsy. Like a Romanian. My family's Romanian, so That's it could funny. be anything. Um, yeah, if I, if I could live in a Ready Player One world like that, definitely make myself taller. Maybe a little bit more. Are you, uh, are you first generation? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I immigrated to America with my family in 2004. We, okay. uh, we moved mm. uh, to Oroville, California, straight from Romania, <laughs> which is so random because Oroville's like I don't the smallest. It's like so. So Casey, in the middle of nowhere. Casey, your guys' uh, last guest, she lives yeah. in Chico, which is about maybe 25, 30 minutes from Oroville. Okay. It's up in the hills. It's up mm. in the hills. It's, there's a uh, big lake. Yeah, there's a big lake that almost mm. uh, the dam almost broke last year when there was we had like super heavy rainfall and uh it was kind of funny to see because when that happened it went viral and all these people were like it it became a conspiracy thing where people were like using that incident and trying to say that oh the government's trying to they're not they're not they're not uh servicing this dam because they want the dam to break and they want the Sacramento Valley to flood and all these people mm. to die. Just like when the wildfires happened and people were like, yeah, they're using laser beams to like destroy these houses. <laughs> like it was so interesting because people were totally buying into it. Like if you live in, you know, if you live in mm. Wichita, Kansas and you have no idea where Sacramento or Oroville is and you see that and you don't know anything about the area, you'd be like, yeah, that sounds, that sounds likely, but you know, I'm an hour away from Oroville and I've known about the Oroville dam ever since I lived here. And everyone's always known that it's kind of a, yeah. it's a little bit of a sketchy place if it gets too full. <laughs> conspiracy <laughs> theory. Another, yeah, another conspiracy. Uh, internet thing that is just... If you go down that rabbit hole, it's like you'll you'll just be left speechless, honestly. Like some of the shit yeah. that people come up with. Mm-hmm. Well, you're at risk if you do something like that. Because you, you, know, you might find some information that once you see that, you can't unsee it or can't unthink it. And then you can't ever have a normal conversation with anyone again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my thing with conspiracy theories is that, like, if you, most of the time, they only search for information that, like, can back up what they think. <laughs> yeah. If there's anything contrary, like, they won't even bother mm-hmm. looking at it or even consider it. So it's kind of like, why are we even having a conversation? My brother, case in point, he's one of those, uh, no, he's a flat <laughs> earther. And, uh, oh, no. <laughs> I gotta have him on this podcast once I, it'll be hilarious. But, uh, that's another thing I get so much of on Instagram. I get the flat earth pages all the time. For some reason, Instagram thinks that I'm a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> hey, you've been looking at some, you've been at some real sketch, sketch pages, man. It's like, just cause I'm an artist and I have like, you know, some couple of, uh, I have some alternative viewpoints about things. You know, I'm not like everyone else when it comes to my opinions, but uh, I'm not like that crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that the earth is flat. But for some reason, Instagram thinks that I am. <laughs> that's what they they try to push onto me all the time. It's like this strange um, period where we don't trust science. Have you like, had a conversation with like your brother about this? Oh, all the time. All the time. <laughs> Every, he tries to like give me books and stuff to read. And I'm just like, I'm like, you didn't even read in high school. Books? And now, like, you want me to read all these books. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's books. There's books. There's <laughs> websites. There's, like, entire What's podcasts dedicated to all this stuff. Like, it's... Yeah, the flat earth. Especially with the internet. 
it's like you can have all right soldiers with the internet like you can build your own community of like like-minded people so like if that's what you think you can find other people who think that and then because other people think it you must think that you're right then that's what happens like oh all these people think it's right so like i think it's right or now it's like, oh, well, I don't know how to do the math or the equations, and I don't want to even bother learning how they did it, so it's impossible, you know? So it's, mm-hmm. I have conversations with them all the time, and it's it's literally like running around in a circle, so it's, like, pointless. Mm-hmm. It's pointless. Uh, people picking information that sits well with them and uh, mis- yeah. mislabeling that as a fact, where it's like, just because something fits your agenda and your your viewpoint doesn't make it a fact, like, yeah, it's a big mm-hmm. difference. Yeah, but um, Just, yeah. Oh, shoot. oh yeah, Oroville with the, the little this little town of Oroville. Um, I completely forgot. Um, crazy that Casey lives like right by it in Chico. But that's why I ended up from Romania to Oroville, which is a f- funny story because I was ten years old when I moved over here. Um, uh-huh. it happened really quick. Like within a matter of like a year and a half, my family went from like being totally fine, comfortable in Romania to like, Hey, we're moving to America. This came out of nowhere. <laughs> and at first I was super against it. I'm like, I don't want to go to America. I want to stay here. But then I got kind of excited. I'm like, wait, you know, if we're going to the America that I've been seeing in movies and in cartoons. That means <laughs> school lunches and burgers and uh, milkshakes and all these things that we didn't have in Romania. I was like, okay, I'm down. So we moved over here, and mm-hmm. we flew into San Francisco. And um, as soon as I got, as soon as we got off the plane, we got into, we, we met with the guy who was our contact here. Got in his car, barely made it out of San Francisco off of the Bay Bridge, and I passed out. I fell asleep. <laughs> and the next thing I know, I woke up. We got to his house in Orville. And I woke up, and um, I didn't get to see any of like the surrounding area or where we were. We were kind of in the ruler area, so I was like, "Oh, we must just we must be on the outskirts of the city. Like it's okay. There's skyscrapers somewhere around here." And uh, you know, ten year old me. And then the next day, the guy's like, "All right, let's 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 go into town. I'll show you guys Orville. I'll show you the town." And I'm like, "Yes, here we go. I get to see." It. In my mind, I'm picturing the America that's like New York City. Like I'm thinking like gigantic yeah. metropolis and all this stuff. And this dude drives us into like basically right. like a redneck town with like there's like, <laughs> like a taco bell and a mcdonald's and a walmart like and i asked oh, my dad man. i even asked my dad i was like dad where are the big tall buildings and he was just like Shh. <laughs> 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 don't speak uh that's so funny it was awful i used to have a roommate who was romanian actually his story's like the exact opposite ears <laughs> he's like family they were like mechanics and they actually moved to uh new york instead of uh cali so like his first time he moved to brooklyn when he was like your age and then i actually met him in colorado before i moved to new york so i hadn't even okay. been to new york when i met him uh his name's bogdan <laughs> but I just thought that was funny. Bogdan was cool. And do you know why their family came over? I wonder if it was like through the same. No, I never like. I don't remember. But it was literally everyone. Like his brother and his brother was married, so his brother and his wife and their two kids and like literally like everybody came over. And their <laughs> uncle apparently. I think it's probably their uncle lived there already. Cause he had a, a a shop that was like an official mechanic shop, 
But then he would send work over to like their garage, and they would do hmm. mechanic work out of the garage and get paid there. It was interesting. But yeah, it's I didn't rare ask for that many people questions. to come over. Like, yeah, I was interested. I was like, huh? But yeah, they were all there. Usually, <laughs> usually when they're so, granting visas, it's like some. Mm-hmm. I've known, I've heard of a lot of instances where like a family of four will go in, and maybe only the dad or the mom will get a. So that's like really crazy that that many of them came over. Maybe they were able to. Get some I'm not things. saying they'll have visas. <laughs> I don't even know. They could, you know. <laughs> like I said, if it, that's why they yeah, probably that didn't have too. to go anywhere, and it was just at the crib, and you know, their their businesses with their uncles. So I mean, I'm not sure they were all. Has there. like being like Romanian culture has that like affected like your work? You think like does that influence like what you do when it comes um, to like photography or like your music and stuff? I would I don't I don't know if it's affected my photography as much as it's affected um how what I look for when I make when I play music. Like so if you remember how I said earlier that like a lot of these both photography and music for me I kind of do them in a therapeutic way where I, I'll sit around and do one or the other for a certain amount of time until I get that kind of feeling that I'm looking for. With music, whenever I'm making something up or whenever I'm writing something or coming up with something, um, almost always when I get to a point where I'm like, oh yeah, this is cool. Like I just came up with this and I like the way it sounds. It always makes me feel this like nostalgic feeling of back home. Like if I sit there and listen to it, I just see the place where I grew up. Like I have like Mm -hmm. these vivid memories of being a child in Romania, like I'm running around. We lived in a tenement building, like I used, you know, like the big kind of like five story building. And we lived in an apartment, you buy the apartment and that's like your home. And uh, so I lived there. So there was like kind of densely populated. So there was always like a lot of little kids and running around playing outside. And I always get those images in my head when I get to a place, when I, when I create something that makes me feel a certain way. With photography, not so much. Like with photography, it's more of um, when I'm editing photos and I'm, I'm moving things around and you know changing contrast, changing the brightness, changing the color tone, all these different things. It's, uh, I'll stop when I just see something that I want to see. Whereas with music, I'll stop when I feel that nostalgic feeling of like mm-hmm. missing home mm-hmm. which is not really my home because my home is here mm-hmm. i speak more english than i speak romanian uh, especially over this last month i haven't been home that mm-hmm. much so like i my romanian's like really rusty now <laughs> but um mm-hmm. i think just the transition and having to move from a different country and having to adjust to a new culture and constantly paying attention to how people behave what people say to each other in certain situations, how they handle conflict. Like I became hyper aware of those things. And um, it's kind of, um, in a sense, it's conditioned my mind differently yeah. than the average person. And I think that ties into the, the, the artistic outlet. The, like when I do photography or when I'm out taking photos, my mind's in a different place. I'm not, thinking about things like everybody else and i think that is because of the conditioning of like being an immigrant and being mm-hmm. hyper aware of those things and 
just social interactions. And I mean, if I was to be completely honest, to this day, I run into situations where I'm like, the only explanation I have is like, what's well, because I didn't grow up here. Like, even though I've been here for 14 years, I all every soul once in a while will run into a, a situation like that where I'll have a, a conflict or an argument with somebody. And I walk away from that thinking like, I just am not the same as these people. Like, I just have, you know, I'm from a different place. Like, mm-hmm. my mind's different. Yeah. And um, uh, it's kind of like a feeling of never quite being at peace, which is something that I've grown to, I've learned to live with, and I've learned to, um, I'm trying to harness it to my advantage to use it for artistic purposes, that, that kind of feeling of never really being where you're supposed to be or not you know not really content i think that's something that a lot of artists deal with the more artists that i meet and have conversations with it seems to be a commonality is this kind of like different you know very different uh outlook or very different experience with what life is like compared to not to sound condescending but compared to like the average person like you know the people that just kind of do what they're supposed to do, go mm-hmm. through things. They don't really venture out of their comfort zone. Um, mm-hmm. I think one thing that even makes somebody artists, they, they tend to go places that the normal person doesn't go mentally. You know, like going down the rabbit hole. And, you know, that ties into even like how it's okay for artists to experiment with drugs. Like mm-hmm. artists experiment with drugs and they get to these low places or they get down the rabbit hole and then they go to these places and they come back and create content that reflects that and to most people who haven't done that who haven't taken that plunge it's it's like meaningful content it's something that they mm-hmm. look at and it has a lot of it's like whoa this is interesting this is you know you can't that's what makes really good art is when you see something and you don't really understand it the first time around you kind of like some of the mm-hmm. some of my favorite songs or th- or photos that i've seen are ones that when i see at first i'm like the fuck or when i hear them and i'm like i don't like this mm-hmm. but then you digest it more and you yeah. take more time to understand it and then it becomes so much more meaningful um and i so i think that kind of uh, discomfort with where i am like being here transitioning here has uh has made its impact on me and on on you know, on my work, what I put out, or specifically what mm-hmm. what I see as something that I want to share, because I have a lot of photos and I have a lot of things that I don't I don't think like oh, this is something I want to share. It's when something really really hits home for me, or I'm just like so excited off it that I want to share it with people. Yeah, I mean, I always say like, how can you truly create if you don't have experiences? So like, I don't. I don't think it's possible, honestly. Yeah, and yeah. sometimes even um, I know this. It may sound strange, but pain itself can be something that is very inspiring. And no, definitely. I mean, it's like a, some of the best musicians yeah. are some of the most troubled people, and some of the best like comedians and stuff like the, the most troubled have the most trauma and tragedy in their life. It definitely is a thing that it that experience changes people mm-hmm. like the way mm-hmm. you see things and the way you express things for sure. 
Uh, yeah, I mean the piece, the art I've made that's been like the most like received, like by many people, has been like trauma-based work. <laughs> like, yeah. like the most. I guess the 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 piece that everyone knows me for is like this Trayvon Martin drawing I did with Emmett Till in 2012. So like that's like a you know a story about you know a black kid that got shot and uh, just that alone just that. me seeing people's reactions to that over the years like the same year it happened and then after the verdict and all this stuff I got to see how like media works and stuff it was interesting it's weird because everybody if something happens then. Yeah, it seems like the more... Gravitates um, towards trauma, you know? Sorry, I'm getting you a little slow. It was a little choppy. Um, Can you still hear me? Oh. Yeah. Sorry about that. No, you're good. You're good. I can hear Um, you now. It was just for like a couple seconds. Cool. It's interesting how pieces like that that are deeply emotional and are heavy with emotional content or, you know, very dense, those are the things that attract people. Those are the, mm-hmm. Because it's, you know, it's something for everyone to... Anyone could pick something out of that. It doesn't matter where you come from or what your experience is. Mm-hmm. So, and I always wonder, you know, what makes good music really good music? Like, aside from the shit that they shove down your throat that they play on the radio, like, what makes something that's good mm-hmm. music, like, you know... That stands the test of time. Like, you know, music from 30, 40 years ago, that's still, you could hear it today and be like, yeah, this is good. Like, what makes it so good? And a lot of the times, it's just, it's a, it's a mix of emotions. It's not just one linear thing. Like, um, I, mm-hmm. I got my start playing guitar, uh, playing metal. Like, a lot of metal and nice. death metal and, like, things that um, kind of heavy and intense and not everyone's cup of tea. But, um Mm-hmm. it's good it's cool as far as technicality goes like if you start playing guitar and you start with metal you'll definitely develop skills really quickly because it's so technical but um as far yeah, as it's extremely technical as far as emotional content it's pretty linear mm-hmm. it's not i mean it, yeah. it's kind of just like ah oh, pissed off most of the time <laughs> there's not <laughs> yeah it's not very it's always dynamic. intensity it's not yeah and um that's why you don't hear it on like popular, you know, pop radio or anything like that. But as opposed to other music that, you know, like some some of the best music, I think you can't even really define it by a certain genre. Like you, you know, you could say oh, classic rock yeah. or whatever. But you know, really, really good music usually um, kind of transcends a, a one specific genre. It, it blends together with different things and. It's it's that combination of different genres and different emotions and different feelings that makes it attractive to not just, you know, one group of people. It's a, many different people that have different interests. Um, but, yeah, you know, at the expense of pain <laughs> or yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, Shannon, do you have anything? Um, I just was wondering, I don't know, I mean, I've known you for a long time, I'm just wondering, like, how you think your photography's evolved since, you know, high school or college, like, as you've grown up, I mean, 
obviously your skill has gotten a lot better, even though you were really good to begin with, but I don't know, just, do you think growing up has affected your photography, how, what you like to take pictures of, or how you take pictures, or? Yeah, I, um, I've definitely noticed that as I get older, I've become more underwhelmed. Um, when I was younger, it didn't, you know, I, it wouldn't take long. Say I, I would spend five, ten minutes on the internet, and I would be able to find photography, other work, or music that was appealing to me. Whereas now I'm older, you know, it'll be sometimes even weeks until I come across content that makes me feel something or stirs something inside of me. Um, it just takes me longer generally to find something to associate with. And because of the lack, that lack of, I tend to go out and want to create whatever it is that I'm looking for on my own. And the catch-22 with that is that I usually have no idea what it is that I'm looking for until I see it. So I'll, you know, say I'll go out and I'll shoot with something in mind. Um, mm. By the end of that shoot, by the time I'm done editing those photos, it'll be something that's completely different than what I had in mind that I end up picking as like, okay, this is what I want from this, sh this shoot. Um, you know, I used to go out and take photos of fairly basic things like uh, sunsets and you know, even the name, my Instagram name, Familiar Spot, refers to this field that was a walking distance from my house at the dead end of uh, mm. this main street that was right by me. I used to walk out there all the time to take photos because it was a really good place to get sunset photos. It was like kind of high up on a hill. And that became, mm -hmm. a, it became like a comfortable place for me and a familiar place for me. So when it came time to make an Instagram and make a name, I was like, eh, it's a familiar spot. That makes sense to me. And, uh, mm. but I would always go out there and take photos of clouds and sunsets and, you know, things <laughs> that looked cool, things that were aesthetic. Um, mm -hmm. As I exhausted that, as I did more and more of that and became less excited by it, um, I naturally just started looking for anything that was exciting um so it could have been photos of people or photos of animals photos of it could be like a wall just a wall that looks cool because there's a shadow falling across this wall a certain way um things that are just mm -hmm. just slightly out of the ordinary or things that the average person might like walk right past or drive right past and not think twice about those are usually the things that um, that I get excited mm. about or gravitate towards. I think as I've gotten older, my work itself has kind of gotten older. Like you don't, you know, it's not, I don't think it's easily digestible. I, I look at my photography as something that you could sit mm. there and look at for a little while and it could make you think certain things. Depends on, depends, depends on your mood too. Um, I definitely think that it's become more emotional than what it used to be. Um, the photos that I do pick and the photos that I do get excited about and want to share, I almost always have some sort of emotional attachment towards them where they make me feel a certain way. They remind me of a time in my life or they remind me of a person or they you know, remind me of what I was going through back then. I mm. think it's become more personal to me as the years have gone on you know there were a lot of t 
times when I used to go out and shoot because, especially when I first started using Instagram, I'd go out and take photographs because I wanted mm. to find something that I could share so I could get likes and get people's response. Whereas now I go out and shoot because I want to find something that's going to give me some sort of peace or give me some sort of closure or fill whatever it is that I'm looking for. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> um, so we're going to start to wrap this podcast up. But before we do, I'm just going to end with some news items that happened over the past couple of weeks. You guys can comment uh, as you like. Just that that popped out. Sticking art. Um, so 21 artists recently just received uh Six and like six point seven million dollars after graffiti was painted over, like graffiti they had painted. Um, mm. Yeah, they so they had graffiti on a cluster of buildings in New York, and it was painted over without warning. Um, and that had been years had been a site of a graffiti project called Five Points. I don't know if you know that, Darius. But uh, yeah, and they just got paid six point seven five million dollars. Good God! Wow. Noise. Oh, Noise. I don't care what kind of artist you are, that kind of money. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Could be a <laughs> artist of any medium. Six point seven million dollars. Holy crap! So I mean, that kind of ties into what we were talking about last That's week with Casey, nice. and uh, you know how you were saying artists have no rights. Remember oh that? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, apparently graffiti does. You know, graffiti <laughs> artists do have rights. I told you on here rights. that graffiti artists always get paid. that. That's how they don't get cleared in music videos. I said that last week. Well, <laughs> the, the graffiti just artists got paid over by I don't know if it was by city or by the owner of the buildings, but they won the lawsuit for six point seven five. So it's a nice little payday for some graffiti. It's incredible. <laughs> nice. Well, there was that recent issue too with that oh, yeah. graffiti artist that H and M used uh, used his work without a. Yeah, Talk oh, about sure. that last. Okay, yeah, that yeah. Was that towards the end of the show. podcast? Maybe I should have. It was. It through. was. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> was I'm not gonna. I'm not. We're not gonna go back over it. But for everybody listening for the first time, you should probably listen to that section. It was a good segment. Uh, you'd be surprised yeah. by the the argument and the side that. Our artist Reese <laughs> took, but uh, yeah, so, well, good little discussion there. <clears throat> but uh, next item is we were just talking about um, we were just talking about kind of the future and like the toxic nature of stuff, and they just released a trailer for this Fahrenheit four fifty one. I don't know if you guys know that book. Yeah, from HBO. Read in high and, school. Uh, yeah, so Michael B. Jordan from Black Panther. Yeah. What did you not read in high school, Shannon? Good God. <laughs> what have I not read since I all I did for four years was read? So, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Michael B. Jordan, I'm sold. Michael B. Jordan, I don't care what it is. I'll watch it. So Yeah, at this point, for anything. sure, after Killmonger, he's definitely got my, well, even before that, from Creed, but he definitely has my vote for anything he's doing. But yeah, they just released a trailer for Fortnite Fair 451. I just felt like it was a relevant topic to what we talked about, considering it is like a 
dystopian future where they kind of like burn books and like where knowledge and facts are like power and are like power and like the system tries to control everything that is out there yeah so interesting this is a movie are they released a trailer for it it is a movie uh hbo movie so hbo is trying to do the kind of net challenge netflix and original i I love anything dystopian future related yeah, so you might want to check that out. Coming out May 19th, Fahrenheit 451. Starring Michael B. Jordan and Michael Shannon. So, yeah, I try to make one. my photographs look like I'm taking them from some sort of dystopian future, but it doesn't always work out. <laughs> Those are the most exciting photos where it's something dilapidated and it looks like the world has ended. There's a lot of that in Sacramento to photograph. Yes, there is. So you might get some shots in the movie, I don't know. Yeah, definitely a source of inspiration. But, um, so keep with Black Panther. Black Panther is going to be the first official movie to be shown. Well, could be the first official movie to be shown in Saudi Arabia after their, like, 35-year ban on cinema is being uplifted. I didn't even know there was a ban, but that's cool I that they're gonna either. get rid of it. Wait, Saudi Arabia. I mean, it kind of like... makes it kind of makes sense, but there has been a ban in Saudi Arabia on public cinemas since 1983. That's awful. Can, yeah. can they show their own, like anything made in their country or anything? Period. They can't. Show. Um. Well, countries like that, I've been in a couple countries like that, but they're pretty strict about what media and stuff gets in there and what you're allowed to actually like watch so i mean even the internet they kind of have control over to an extent so i'm not sure what they can see but this is the first time could be the first time in like over 35 years that a public movie theater is opening with amc and it's a marvel movie yes (laughs) and it's black yeah black panther marvel movies is crazy so freaking badass just continuing to just make waves all over with this movie, um, which is why they just became number four and about to be number three in the highest earning movies ever in the U.S. Not the past Titanic. It's just a gigantic movie at this point. It's it's crazy. You said um, it surpassed Titanic. It's a it's like one million or no, it's like five million away from passing Titanic. It just passed. Uh, forget the name of the movie but it just moved into fourth place and it needs like five million which it probably will do to pass or maybe it was one million to pass titanic as the third highest grossing oh yeah it's a good time to be alive <laughs> yeah and then we'll see, see what the avengers does oh it's gonna do it's gonna even bigger everything. yeah it's gonna do bigger than that because <laughs> black panther just passed the avengers so avengers for sure i think is gonna pass black panther again which is crazy Marvel and Disney just writing, just <laughs> printing money right at this point. They're slaying the game. Amazon is about to spend $1 billion on a five-season Lord of the Rings uh, TV series. $1 billion with a B? Billion with a B. Holy oh, yeah. crap. Wow. They bought the I rights haven't... to Tolkien's like properties for $250 million. Shit. Is it a revamp of Lord of the Rings? No, it's saying that it's going to be like a prequel of sorts. Like, 
Hmm. Not like the Hobbit, but maybe like I think it's be original. Okay, stuff I mean, there's, in that yeah, universe. There's so much content in those books that they could probably just start a series that could run for the rest of our lives and still have things to make. Yeah, like that guy created <laughs> so, his own universe. It's insane. Did you read The Hobbit, Shannon? Did you ever read The Hobbit or any Lord of the Rings books? No. I can never get into them. I don't even really like the movies too much. Please don't kill me for saying that, but I tried. (laughs) That's crazy. I read The Hobbit. I tried reading uh, Lord of the Rings, and I was like, this is a little bit above my reading level. So I put it down. (laughs) I actually read Lord of the Rings when I was in, like, sixth grade, all three books. Jeez, that's pretty advanced for a sixth grade, man. (laughs) I read a lot when I was little. I did. Re- I mean, I was always traveling and stuff, and I read a lot. Um, and I always loved like Redwall books, and then like I moved on to Lord of the Rings, and I just got sucked <laughs> in. And it's, the books are even like I said, the books are ridiculously dense. So there's so much yeah. of that world and stuff, and then there's just stuff that he didn't even publish that they have rights <laughs> to. So it's like. They're about to spend $20 million an episode for five seasons, so. Oh, my good God. Holy crap. Well, I can only yeah. imagine the costumes and the CGI that's going to go into that. Yeah, five million more than Game of Thrones, and Game of Thrones is already impressive mm-hmm. in their scale and the way they look, so. I'm excited. Anything Lord of the Rings on before. Amazon's taking over the world. It's the only explanation. Well, not if Trump has the way. <laughs> And last thing, Steven Spielberg was talking about the Indiana Jones series, and I think he's working on another one, um, but he's talking about the future of it, and he was saying that he wouldn't kill off Ford at the end, but he wanted to continue the series with a female lead afterwards. Hmm. Interesting. It's a good message. I didn't hear that part. Well, I yeah, mean, I, you think with the name like Indiana Jones, it's kind of a, I mean, it works for both genders, really. Maybe yeah, maybe. I mean, he said something like we'd have to change the name from Jones to Joan, which doesn't make sense, but yeah. Interesting. Huh. Jones, isn't that his last yeah. name? So I'm not yeah. know why he would have to change. That's what I thought. As long as it's better <laughs> than the fourth one, because that one was horrible, but... <laughs> Is that the one with Shia LaBeouf in it? Yeah, this is one with Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. <laughs> the I, I, I never, I never saw it. Skull or never something, saw crystal something. The, yeah, the crystal temple. Spoiler. Yeah, yeah. Horrible. It wasn't his best effort. Uh, Isn't that when Shia like went off the rails and got blacklisted in Hollywood? Nah, that was. <laughs> he still had like another Transformers in him after that. <laughs> <laughs> I still like Shia though. Honestly, like I still think he's I he's a great actor. He's just weird as fuck. But so he's oh, yeah, supposed no, to be the next Indiana Jones. I mean, didn't, but he didn't, he lay, didn't he lay in a bed for science for like sixty seven days? <laughs> he's done a lot of public like <laughs> performance art stuff. Yeah, and he watched all his movies like for four days straight in a th- yeah. like movie theater in with movie like theater it was an event that other people could like pay to go to. It was like the weirdest thing ever. It was like a live stream or something. That's probably what started yeah. it. He's like, hey, he's like, I can sit down for four days straight and watch a movie. I could probably lay down in the bed for sixty days. That, that was probably his inspiration. 
Oh, then he had some <laughs> he had some other ones where he like he was like in a room and like people can come in and like do whatever they want to him. And he ended up mm-hmm. saying like some some lady like raped him. It was just like a whole bunch of just weird stuff was going on uh, with Shia. And he was drinking. He's like a method actor. And he was in that one movie about Prohibition. I forget what it was called. But he was like in it with, uh, I want to say Tom Hardy. And then like, he was like, he was heavily intoxicated on set all day. And then he just kind of went downhill from there. (laughs) Like, Life imitates art. Then he was rapping and then he did the green screen. Like you can do it. Video meme, whatever. (laughs) Just say yes, whatever it was. So. Holes was his best uh, work. Let's just all agree on that. Holes? Holes was his best work? I'm, uh, yeah. Oh, that's so sad. I'm on board with that. Holes probably is, is iconic. Um, so. yeah. It's probably his best work. Yeah, could be. Can't remember everything he's been in. Yeah. I don't know. What about his Sia music video? Oh, yeah. With the girl from Dance Moms. That was pretty good. Yeah. I guess and then I, he got in trouble you know, for that. I missed that one. What kind of music yeah, video? You didn't see that. that video? Yeah, people That's are like saying when... it was inappropriate or something because she's like, at the yeah, time, she was, was like, what, 12 or 13? And he's like, what, 30-something? Yeah. So, I don't know. I didn't think it was weird. But... I didn't think it was that weird. <laughs> people will say anything is at this point. I mean, he's weird. Don't get me wrong. He's a weird he's guy. Weird. I didn't but think, I didn't that, think weird, that was that weird. But I'm like, he was doing I, it for music. You know, I guess like, like eh. he was, you know. But whenever. Right. I was like, what about? Yeah, I don't know. Too, a lot of things can be weird, but. <laughs> but he just did know. the. He had a movie recently. I forget what it was called, but I watched it, and he was actually really good in it. So I still like Shia. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like I did see him in something, and he was good at in it, but I don't remember what it was. I don't know. One last question. So, do you know M. Night Shyamalan movies? No, not again. Do I? Yes. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I do. Hell yeah, this is a great question. Okay. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> simple, simple, simple answer. Science or The Village? Oh, signs all the way. Yes. Signs all day. <laughs> what? Yes. <laughs> Dude, that movie changed oh, my life. I was like 11 years old when I first saw that movie. I, I never thought about things the same again. Yeah. Oh, man. Boom. There you go. Are you, wait, is some, uh, what's the purpose of that question? Oh, so, well, I just. It's an ongoing This goes movie. back a long ways, but this is an ongoing thing <laughs> where, uh. Doris thinks Signs is like an absolute horrible movie, and he and he said the village was better than Signs. The aliens ruined the movie. As soon as so we have aliens, to so we have to do I this with every guest we have. We have to ask them which uh, which one they prefer. Well, which one's well, better? Which one? Uh, which one's taking the lead? Signs. Signs. So sure. you you yes. didn't like the way the aliens looked then? Yeah, no, I didn't like the way the aliens looked or how they just it was it was. It was like the worst part of the movie was right. You when literally don't see the alien until the very end for like five minutes. 
That's why it ruined the whole movie. Because you weren't even five minutes of an entire like two hour movie. The whole impact of the movie and the reason you felt that way was because you didn't see them, and then you saw them, and then you didn't have that. That doesn't make sense. I agree. What about the thing? He ruined the movie. What about the scene? That was just like finding out the old people were the creatures in the woods to me. No, it's not. Not even close, bro. That was the worst twist I've ever seen in my entire life. When she walked out of the woods and was like on the highway, I was like, "Oh fuck this, I'm done." I was like, I told, I was "That's like, why done, they picked this. the blind girl, bro." Yeah. <laughs> That's why <they laughs> that was the worst. That was hilarious. That shit was the was worst. Hilarious. Okay. Well, well, I'm not gonna say it's the worst because the happening was by far the worst. But yeah, the happening. Was that was very, one of the worst. Lame. That was such a disappointment. Terrible. Oh yeah, it's the wind. I, I can't believe it got cleared as a movie. I was like, oh, they. they well, that's a lie. What's his second worst? Avatar is his worst. <laughs> He's had a lot of bad ones. Ooh. What about Lady in the Water? Didn't see it. Splits where it's at. I'm still sticking with that as my answer. <laughs> Wait, didn't he make? Uh... Six Sense? Six Sense is the greatest movie yeah, he's ever like made the, in his entire life. Freaking yeah, incredible. He made the Six Sense. That's the best movie he's ever made. But the question is just science or the village, and science wins again. Yeah, Dario made it science of the village. I so for everybody out there, you know, the still aliens, still so. keeping track for us, go ahead and put that down for science for me. <laughs> put a tally down. One more in the books. I like, I like that the village is based in reality. <laughs> what reality is that? Please, bro. The reality that... Okay, so you act like there's no cults or nothing. That's like an you, anybody could do that. That's just a cult right there. You just block them off into the woods, and then there just happened to be society outside building a highway. Look at that! You just made Shannon drop out of the, the chat. I'm done talking about this. That bro. far away. That's just like all these the, like Rashmi. I'm not talking about on, this like the anymore. Netflix special, The Wild Wild Country. It was done. We won. I won. <laughs> so to wrap things up. We'll see if Shannon's back. Sorry, oh, I don't know what back. happened. My you, computer oh. rage quit. It was done with this conversation. Yeah, it was like right when Doree started <laughs> going yeah. to his, to his <laughs> reasons of the village. I was like, she just dropped out. So. <laughs> and that was a computer. No, nothing personal. <laughs> but uh, thank you for listening. People Today's like to date is April 5th, 2018. People can't make their Once own again, town and build their show. reality that all people younger than them would have to conceive as real. And so, like, that to me is more interesting than fake aliens. Sorry. <laughs> Are you still talking about this, bro? <laughs> nope. All right. <laughs> so, I'll wrap this up once again while Doris can just drop it. Um, <laughs> once again, thank you for listening to the Fearless Show. Today's day is April 5th, 2018. My name is Dario Hunt. My co host, Mr. Doris Walker. Our regular co-host, Shannon Griffiths. That's me. <laughs> and our special guest today. Um, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having if me. If you want to give people um, your information, where they can find you, where they can find your work. Yeah, just uh, on Instagram um, is where it's pretty much the only online gallery of my work that exists at the moment. Uh, if you just look up my name, it's one word, familiar spot. As one word. Uh, okay. That's it. Pretty easy to find. In the future, yeah, definitely there might go be check out his website. 
Got to start self promoing, man. Get get that's his that's his that's his account for now before he gets that second uh, IG business account. So yeah, before I start using uh, hashtags, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, once again, uh, thanks thanks for joining us. Uh, it's a great conversation, you know. Talking Thank about you. A lot of stuff, this and that. Yeah, thanks for your time. Thank you. Of course. As always, if you guys have any questions, topic suggestions, comments about this show, past shows, or any future shows, you can do that below in the comments where any anywhere that this goes up on YouTube, SoundCloud, or website, Facebook, wherever. Or you can email us directly at podcast at livinglifefearless.co, or you can go to livinglifefearless.co slash podcast and fill out the form and we will get back to you or we'll give you a shout out if we talk about one of the topics you bring up in our next show. And we will be back shortly with another show don't know exactly what will be or if we have a guest but check back again thanks for listening uh subscribe share this if you have not done so already and do what doris well doris might have just dropped out so subscribe share this and keep living life fearless Keep living my fearless. <laughs> and we'll be back shortly. Thanks, y'all. Peace. Bye.